0: What's up, guys? This is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. Uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this. Super user-friendly uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys your boy's back this is sgr 47 going over week three in the nfl I um, want to address the elephant in the room. I have not recorded in almost two weeks here. haven't recorded since week one. Didn't do a week one recap. Um, I don't plan on really doing a whole lot of recap episodes going forward because, you know, you guys can look into, you know, the results. You're keeping up with this stuff. But uh, I do want to apologize for not getting out a week two episode. Just had a lot going on last week um wednesday went out to a concert in syracuse so that took an entire day really out of out of my uh research time and um yeah just going forward you know i'm gonna try and get one out every week uh try and do this friday afternoons typically and get it out for you saturday mornings um it was a bad week for me to take off to be honest because i absolutely fucking crushed it last week made a lot of money uh on sunday and monday specifically Um, Thursday night was a bad night for me with the, uh, Redskins, uh, Giants game. I had the under, and that was a shootout, but I bounced back real strong Sunday, had the Bears money line, had the Panthers to upset the Saints, um, had the Ravens to upset the Chiefs, had the Titans to upset the Seahawks. All of it came through. So we really cleaned up, hit a bunch of parlays on some of those underdog money lines, Um, so bounce back strong. We're pretty hot in the first two weeks of the season and I'm really happy with it. Uh, but I do, you know, I'm just sorry again for not getting the week two episode out, but if you guys are following on Instagram, that's really, I'm posting all my bets on there every Thursday, every Sunday, every Monday for the the primetime games. So if you want all the finalized action, that's where to find it is on the Instagram page at SGR pod. So real quick, um, let's touch on what happened last night. Uh, As I'm recording this on Friday, I'm talking about Thursday night game. Um, Just a quick summary. You know, I hit that uh, two-leg teaser. I had the Panthers minus two in the under 49. Looks like we didn't need to tease it um, because both legs won uh, without the tease. You could have parlayed Panthers to cover minus eight and a half and uh, under 43. They both would have hit. Um, Christian McCaffrey got injured. Uh, you know, Panthers defense continues to play well. Um, not your most exciting NFL game. Um, but that's kind of what happened on Thursday. Uh, I the one of the main reasons that I liked the under as we transition into um, another segment that I want to go over here. Uh, you know, I do have some general NFL trends for what's happened over the first two weeks of the season, and things that are likely to kind of balance themselves out over the next couple of weeks going forward. And one of them was that um, the first two weeks of the season, primetime games were six and zero to the over. So when you get six straight primetime games, and those are the most tele- uh, most publicly viewed games because they're you know in the national spotlight the primetime spot spot those island games we call it where there's no other football games going on so everyone's watching that one when you get six straight overs i mean america starts to catch on the public better says hey all these games have been going over let's take the over again so that was a good spot to go a little contrarian zig when everyone else is zagging and look for the under in that panthers texans game um, especially with, you know, the Texans putting out Davis Mills at backup QB. It was pretty obvious under spot. So, go, you know, I got some other general trends that's, uh, you know, if we're taking a look at the first two weeks and how things are going to go forward, and I'm going to share them with you guys right now. The first two weeks, um, there are five teams that are 2-0 and against the spread and five teams that are 0-2 against the spread. So the teams that are undefeated against the spread have covered first two weeks uh, where the Texans, until they lost to the Panthers, um, the Panthers themselves, so the Panthers are now 3-0 against the spread. And then we also have the uh, Raiders, Broncos, and Cowboys all at 2-0 and against the spread going into week three. On the flip side of that, teams that are 0-2 against the spread are the Jaguars, the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Jets, and the Washington football team. Um, and one, one thing that I'm going to be looking uh, to target is some of these teams that are 0-2 uh to cover this week because it's pretty rare that teams start out 0-3 against the spread. Um a lot of these teams are in big dog situations this week because they have not covered yet. So they're getting extra points on the spread. Um a few teams on the road here with the Jets and Redskins really getting a big bonus on the spread. So yeah, it's kind of gross. These teams are obviously 0-2 against the spread because they haven't performed that well first two weeks, but it's a long season. Um, some of these teams are going to take longer to kind of gel and get it together. I think Washington has a great chance to cover in Buffalo this Sunday as an eight point dog. Um, I think that Washington defense can really slow down the bills. So that's just one example of how, you know, some of these teams that have not covered yet have a chance to turn it around, especially in week three, moving on first two weeks, road teams, nine and 13 against the spread um underdogs however 21 and 11 against the spread the first two weeks of the season only 14 and 18 straight up but still if you consider you know these teams are not projected to win and they're winning almost at a 500 rate 14 and 18 for teams that are projected to lose the game not bad so there's been some decent value on these dogs um and going back to that starting zero and two against the spread trend uh, over the last decade Teams that have started 0-2, um, just period, straight up, not against the spread, but teams that have started the season 0-2 and, and are facing a team with at least one win are 43-26-1 against the spread in week three. So, again, over the last 10 years, these teams that are 0-2 that are facing a team that's already won a game, uh, they're covering the spread in week three at a rate of a little bit above 62%. So that's a pretty solid trend um, we saw that fail with the Texans Panthers on Thursday night, um, which means that, well, you know, we're due for that to kind of even out on Sunday. And hopefully some of these teams that are owned 2 can get some covers for us. Cause that's my main strategy here. You know, the first really month of the season or so, it's kind of a, uh, there's kind of a script to how to bet the, the first few weeks. Week one, you know, you have all of the research that you've done all summer. And you're looking to take the teams that you're higher on than public consensus. Um, you know, the Broncos being a good example. Week one, I was a lot higher on the Broncos than most people. Um, so it was an easy spot to back them because, you know, the general better hasn't seen how the Broncos are going to look. I'm assuming that they're going to be better than the general better better assume. so yeah that's kind of the psychology behind it week two you want to do the total opposite of what happened in week one which I know sounds crazy but again I made a lot of money doing that last week the public sees what's going on the first week and they think that that's locked in stone what's going to happen for the next 17 weeks the NFL doesn't work like that it's very much a Week to week league, so you're able to take people's, uh, you know, expectations from what they saw week one and and just completely go contrarian against them in week two. So that's how I, really attacked last week. This week, like I said, looking at some of these own two teams that people are writing off as, you know, incompetent and unable to even get a cover, and looking to attack on those. So it's going to be a, a gross dog week. There's a lot of big spreads here, a lot of big home dogs. As well, as we look at Detroit getting eight to the Ravens, Um, we look at the Jets on the road getting ten and a half, the Texans were getting eight and a half, the Jags seven and a half. Um, A lot of big spreads here, but uh, could be some some dogs surprising people. So yeah, um, we'll get into uh, some of the look-ahead spots that I looked at for this week. And then I'll run through the Sunday slate. I didn't really do any prop betting research for this episode. Uh, Just going to be sticking to the general, who's going to win, who's going to cover. So I found five potential look-aheads, really four strong angles that I believe in, and one that's kind of so-so. But um, as far as look-aheads, what I'm talking about here is when you look at who a team is playing this week and who they have on deck next week. So I looked at the week four schedule to see which teams have, you know, big games, difficult opponents, um, big narrative storyline games. And I found four, possibly five. So they are um, the Cardinals. They have a look ahead spot Uh, this week. They're on the road to Jacksonville. Who's, you know, who gives a shit about the Jags? But then next week they have to play division rival uh, Rams. So that's a big game for the Cardinals they could be sleepy this week in jacksonville. Seattle has to play divisional opponent San Francisco. So both of those uh, NFC West matchups um, potential look ahead, Seattle this week plays the Vikings in Minnesota and you may be asking why are these not look ahead spots for the Rams and 49ers if they have divisional games as well? It's because the Rams have the Bucks this week. So they're gonna they they can't overlook Tampa Bay and san fran is playing the packers on sunday night football that's not a look-ahead spot either you have to be focused on green bay in prime time so um that's how i see those situations and then the other two look ahead spots based around the same angle i've got new england and tampa bay both with a look ahead cuz in week 4 they play each other and that's brady's return to foxborough it's going to be nationally televised in the 4:30 slot on cbs across um the entire country it's going to be brady's uh chance to break drew Brees' all-time passing record in his uh um foxborough you know former home up there in New England against Belichick. So that's a massive look ahead. This week the Patriots are hosting the Saints. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites to New Orleans after New Orleans, New Orleans coming off that um, ass-kicking by the Panthers last week. And then the Bucks are minus one-and-a-half road favorites at the Rams. I like New Orleans and uh, Los Angeles to pull off upsets in both those spots. So um, just a little preview of how I'm viewing the week. Let's get into the rundown and uh we'll see you know there's like i said guys it's some games i might not have a strong angle won't spend a whole lot of time on some games i'll spend five minutes on so let's get into it um the first game on uh sunday one o'clock uh i already talked about it a little bit arizona at jacksonville plus seven and a half are the jags as a home dog over under 52 and if i have to pick this right now i'm taking the Jags to cover i know it doesn't make any sense but like I said, that look-ahead spot um, for an Arizona team to have to travel, uh, you know, all the way from Phoenix to uh, Florida this week with a potential massive look-ahead to the divisional opponent next week. They're two and zero right now. The Jags are zero and two, getting seven and a half at home. I have no reason, from a pure football standpoint, to really like this Jags team, um, other than the situational spot of the travel home dog look ahead for Arizona. Um, I don't think the Jags have looked very good at all, but I think Arizona does not have uh, a very good secondary at all. And the Jags O-line has played well the first two weeks. So hopefully the thinking is maybe Jacksonville can limit that strong pass rush that Arizona's defense is built on um, with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. And then Trevor Lawrence has the opportunity to do some work maybe in the second half in the passing game. Um, you know, getting some garbage time. Marvin Jones has looked really good as a receiver for them. So they've been able to move the ball specifically in the second half through the air. Um, but yeah, sleeper spot. So I'm spending too much time on that. If I have to pick that it's the Jags. I know it's gross. This next game. Haven't made my mind up. Not a strong angle. Tennessee hosts the Colts. The Titans are a minus five and a half point favorite over under 48 and a half. And I would love to just blindly take the Titans here, um, but it's just kind of fishy. I really haven't made my mind up. I, I took the Titans as a dog last week to beat the Seahawks, and that worked out well. I don't love backing teams coming off of overtime. It's generally not a strong trend. Um, we don't know about Carson Wentz's health right now. The idea is that Wentz is probably not playing. Uh, the Colts are 0-2, um, the Titans 1-1. and Um, Colts did cover last week against the Rams. It's just, you know, five and a half is a lot for a divisional game against, especially this Colts team. If they go 0 3, they're just done, especially with a loss to Tennessee. So it is a desperation back against the wall play. The Titans don't have a great defense. So if a team can scheme something up with a backup quarterback, I guess it makes sense that they could do it against this soft Tennessee defense. Um, I wish I had a stronger opinion for you guys. In theory, just blindly, I would take the five and a half with a with a desperation divisional dog here. But I don't see myself betting on this Colts team with, you know, the combination of Jacob Eason and, and Brett Hunley or whoever they, they're throwing out at QB if Wentz can't play. So we'll move on. Uh, Detroit host uh, Baltimore. The Lions are a seven and a half point uh, home dog. This is another gross game, but yeah, it's just it's another bad kind of sleepy spot for Baltimore, I think, but um I can't take the, the Lions here. Uh there's something fishy about this. Like a lot of these dogs, I failed to mention about Arizona and Tennessee, but they're both getting over 80% of the action and you never want to be on that side. It's the same thing with Baltimore. They're getting upwards of 70%. Um, Detroit's offense has looked better than expected, specifically in the first half of games, but obviously they really collapsed in the second half last week against Green Bay. I think I'll take Baltimore to cover this one. I've picked a couple gross dogs already. I think the Ravens just get it done here. Uh, I think, um, especially after starting zero one, they can't really afford to fuck around. It's concerning that they're on the road against, um, you know, giving up a lot of points off of that big uh, Sunday night. You know, emotional win off the Chiefs. I guess that would be my angle and my reason for hesitancy. Uh, but I'll take, I'll lay the points with the Ravens. I think, especially over the second half of the game, they can definitely just carve this Detroit team up with the running game. Tyson Williams has looked good. Uh, Hollywood Brown's been great too. So I think this is a decent week to start him if you need to pop him into your lineup, especially first half. Um, they should be able to move the ball in Detroit, hopefully. So yeah, sorry it took my. Took me so long to make my mind up about that one. Um, Moving on, Washington heads to Buffalo. The Bills are minus eight right now. I already bet this one I took Washington to cover the spread. This is another dog that I really like. Um, Washington is nine and four against the spread as an underdog under head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, this Washington team isn't too bad. I think the defense hopefully gets their shit together. I don't really have an explanation for why the defense has been so bad. Um, I was really surprised by the Giants being able to put up like 29 points or whatever it was against this team on Thursday night. Um, hopefully they can they can bounce back a little bit. The Bills, I just think, are going to be overlooking this Washington team. I don't think they're going to take them too seriously. They handled them pretty easily last year, but I think this Washington team is better. Heineke hasn't been bad. I just think this is too many points as a result of Washington going 0-2 um, against the spread in the first few weeks. So, uh, give me, give me Washington getting the eight points. It's too many points for this team, whether it's a backdoor cover by Heineke or whether the defense shows up and they shock the world and they upset the bills. I'm good either way, you know? So, um, we're going to talk about another upset that I want to call, I guess I'm not necessarily calling Washington to upset, but it could happen. Um, but, yeah, the Saints will beat the Patriots this week. Everybody wants to write um, the the Saints off after they got, you know, blown out by Carolina last week. But that was a major flat spot for them coming off the big week one ass whooping of Green Bay. This is how it works, guys. It's you, I've, I'll say it a billion times over these episodes. You have to be willing to zig when everyone else is zagging. That's the NFL. That's how you bet this league and new orleans nobody has confidence in them after how bad they looked last sunday people don't know what to do with them i already mentioned the look ahead spot for new england um the patriots have looked decent but really i mean they lost to the dolphins who haven't looked like world beaters obviously without Tua last week got to throw that game out but you know the patriots they beat the shit out of the jets but it was the jets with rookie qb Uh, Zach Wilson. I just think uh, this is a good bounce back spot for New Orleans. Um, Sean Payton as a head coach is nine and four against the spread as a dog after losing as a favorite. So when he loses a game that they're favored the next week, getting points, he usually covers as the underdog. Um, He's also eight and nine against the spread in back to back road games. Um, You have to put an asterisk on that because this is technically their third road game. Um, Week one was a home game, quote-unquote, but they played it in Jacksonville. So they're doing a lot of traveling. Uh, You wonder if the traveling is going to keep up or um, catch up with this team. But I like them in this spot on Sunday uh, in New England to get things a little bit more back on track. Another 1 o'clock kickoff. The Chiefs host the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, six and a half is the spread with the Chiefs favored. Uh, the over/under is 55 points. Shout out Sammy Hagar. Um, you know this isn't is a tough spot. Um, I will say that typically uh, the Andy Reid Chiefs off a loss very strong. Angle to back there. Um, it's usually a no, no doubt. Just take the Chiefs the next week after they've lost a game. Uh, but I will say that the Chiefs are one in five and one against the spread in their last seven divisional games. They're two and eleven against the spread in their last twelve overall. Um, and if you want to look at the Chargers as how they've performed over the last few years as a road team and an underdog. Uh, the Chargers are 4-1-1 one, one against the spread in their last six games at Kansas City. <clears throat> so that's a three-year sample size. Um, road team in this matchup between the Chargers and the Chiefs, 12-3-1 against the spread in their last 16 meetings. That's an eight-year sample size. And the Chargers are also 7-3-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 road games overall. So there's some stats there. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover this 6.5, but I like Kansas City to win. I just think at the end of the game, the better team finds a way to pull it out. But this is too many points for a Chargers team that I think is pretty solid. They lost to the Cowboys last week, but this is a good young Chargers team. I like the head coach, Brandon Staley. He was one of my favorites for uh, Coach of the Year, if he can get this team to you know improve as opposed to uh, the seven wins last year. He can get them to 10-11 wins this year, which is doable. Uh, This Chargers team, you know, they could could be sneaky. So six and a half, too many points there. Um, I like the divisional dog to cover. But I did throw the Chiefs in a teaser, uh, so I need them to win. Uh, Let's see if we can get through these 1 o'clock games. We'll take a pause, and then we'll wrap up the 4.30 slate in the primetime games. So... We've got three more. Um, The Falcons head to New York. Uh, Giants are minus three over under 47 and a half. The Giants are three and six against the spread in their last nine home games. Um, I also had another trend that I lost, guys. I didn't write it down here, and I feel like an asshole. But there was uh, something um, about how... God, what was it? It was, uh, God, I'm I'm not going to sit here and try to remember it, but it was another reason to fade the Giants here. It was definitely another reason to fade the Giants. I'll try and find that and post it on the Instagram if I can. Um, But I'm going to pick the Falcons here. Uh, They're 0-2 in real life. They're 0-2 against the spread. Um, I know that the Giants are 0-2 as well. Uh, but they have at least one cover under their belt covering last week against Washington. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for any excuse to bet against the Giants. Don't know if I will put money on this game because Atlanta is not a team that you can back. I got burned on them not covering last week. I had them to cover plus 14 against the Bucks, and I would have hit a plus 1230 parlay, um, They were down 28-24 in the third quarter and found a way to not cover two touchdowns, which is mind-blowing. But I'm picking them this week to cover against the Giants because the Giants fucking suck. Two more 1 o'clock games. Chicago heads to Cleveland. Minus 7 is the spread. 46 is the over-under. And uh, this is a tough one. I think out of principle I'm going to take Cleveland. But I don't know. I don't really trust Cleveland to cover spreads right now. I think everybody loves Cleveland right now um because of how they performed against the chiefs week one and they do have another easy opponent here with uh the bears coming into town and it's justin fields's first start that's obviously the headline i have not been pleased or impressed i guess is the word with how justin fields has looked i don't really give a shit i actually want him to suck because i have the bears under seven and a half wins um but i have not been impressed uh he processes things slowly um he's a one read quarterback if his first read's not open he's going to try and run uh, yeah he doesn't react quickly to the blitz or to you know NFL coverages right now he just looks he looks like a rookie who has rushing ability so he's going to default to his legs a lot i think but he's going to he's going to make mistakes uh, he's going to get sacked for big losses he's going to i think turn the ball over at times if it's not this sunday it will be over the course of this season So I can't really, you know, confidently back this Bears team and Justin Fields' first start. I guess the devil's advocate is that, like I said, this Browns team hasn't been great at covering – well, they covered against the Chiefs, but they didn't last week against the Texans. The defense has looked soft relatively in in Cleveland, uh, specifically at the linebacker position. And uh, the fact that they don't have any film – on fields this is his first start which means i guess they you know they don't have a lot of film on him at this point that's always a concern when facing a rookie qb uh but give the brownies i think uh justin fields makes too many mistakes in this uh first start last one o'clock game and then we're gonna take a pause um steelers host the Bengals. uh i'm gonna take pittsburgh minus three here the over under is 44 um the Bengals are one fifteen and one on the road with Zach Taylor as a head coach. I don't need to say much more. Uh yeah, Pittsburgh lost last week to the Raiders. This Pittsburgh offense does not look good, but I think if there's a team that they can get the running game going against, it's hopefully Cincinnati. Um yeah. Pittsburgh at home, minus three. I mean, I don't think I'm betting this either. I don't think I can bet Pittsburgh until I see the offense get better. I'm, I'm not impressed with how the offense has looked at all, whether it's the O-line, Ben's arm, his deep ball. Najee hasn't really been making great decisions. Granted, he has had horrible blocking, but um, the offense in general has really been uh, not – Fun to watch at all, but the defense is so good. Hopefully they can get to Burrow a couple of times, force some turnovers, grind out a win here against the divisional opponent. So give me Pittsburgh, uh, not too much research outside of that. I'm going to take a pause here, guys, um, because I can only record up to 30 minutes at a time. We're going on 25 right now. Uh, so we're going to stop this, and then we're going to come back and knock out the rest of the games. And I'm back. Let's break down the afternoon games for Sunday and wrap this up. First game we're going to go over in this portion of the show is the Dolphins heading out to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders starting the season 2-0 with victories over the Ravens and Steelers. Uh, not many people saw that coming. Um, the Dolphins, big headline, they're starting uh, backup QB Jacoby Brissett this week. Uh, second year QB to attack by Loa with a rib injury right now. Um, don't know how long he'll be out, but they are starting Brissett this week. Uh, like I said, Raiders are favored by four and a half. Don't ask me why the Dolphins are going to win this game. Um, Yeah, nobody else is going to pick this. Part of the reason I'm on it, I'm just fucking crazy like that. Uh, I think the Dolphins looked horrible last week against Buffalo, but Brissett didn't get any of the starting reps in practice. He was kind of thrown in there. Uh, you know, in a game where they were already losing when Tua exited. They just had no shot to bounce back there. Give Give Brissett a week of, uh, you know, first-team reps and a game plan uh, going into this to nurture a backup quarterback. I like Miami's odds to pull off the upset against a Raiders team that is smelling their own shit coming off two straight losses going back home. I already put this money line in a parlay. Uh, I put the uh, Panthers um, to beat the Texans on Thursday, the Dolphins to beat the Raiders, and the Saints to beat the Patriots in a parlay. I think it's like five or six to one. I don't remember the exact odds. I'll look it up and I'll post it on my Instagram page this Sunday. But uh, I'm calling my shot with this one. The Dolphins are going to figure it out. The defense um, will play well. Uh, they'll turn the Raiders over a couple of times. We don't know the extent of Derek Carr's health right now. So that's a big question mark. Um, Give me the fins uh, on the upset alert. At least covering the four and a half like this one. Uh, moving on, Denver hosts the Jets. They are the biggest favorite of the week. The Broncos, uh, who saw that come in week three? Um, Broncos are 2-0, and and they're the biggest favorite of the week. Ten and a half point favorite at home to the Jets. Over-unders 41. And another gross game. Won't be betting on the Jets, not looking to do that, but definitely not laying ten and a half with this Broncos team. Um, I, I I mentioned this is another uh, you know, 0-2 team. Um, you know, getting points in week three. Uh the Jets have to cover at some point. I know they don't do it a lot, but they, they might do it this week. Denver's 0-2 as a, as a double-digit favorite against the spread uh, since 2015. it's They've only been double-digit favorites twice since Peyton Manning left, but they haven't covered either one is what I'm saying. So, I don't know. Gross game. Not looking to bet it, really. Maybe throw the Denver in a teaser if you want, but I'm not laying 11 points with this Broncos team in a game with an over-under of only 41. Could be a defensive game. Denver's good, but – They shouldn't be an 11-point favorite. It's too early in the season to be giving up that many points to just about anyone. Shout-out Zach Wilson for being really bad at his job, though. That guy sucks, so that's why I'm not betting on the Jets. He's really bad. I took his under on passing yards last week. Belichick, uh, he uh, picked him off four times. It was just awesome. Uh, Fuck Zach Wilson. They're calling him the Mormon Manziel. Never heard a more accurate comparison in my life uh two more 4:30 kickoffs um Tampa Bay goes to the Rams in the you know biggest game of the week here for the most part uh, maybe aside of San Fran Green Bay um but yeah Tampa Bay and the Rams this should be a good one uh for sure can't wait to watch this game I called Wednesday morning when I first looked up the spreads that the Rams are going to win this game. I'm standing by it. This is another upset that I like. I threw the Rams plus seven and a half in a teaser. I'll probably talk myself into putting their money line in a couple of uh, bets, maybe even taking it straight. Uh, Tampa Bay with the look ahead spot. Um, Rams were a little flat last week on the road to the Colts, but that was because they were looking ahead to this game. I think they're ready at home. Uh, look for this game to be lower scoring than a lot of people think. Could this backfire? Could this be an absolute shootout? Yeah, maybe. But if we're looking at both the 425 kickoffs, uh, both with an over/under of 55, uh, it's the Bucks Rams game, and then it's the Seattle Minnesota game. I'm picking one to go over and one to go under. I'm taking this the team the matchup with the two strong defenses, the Rams and the Bucks, to go under that 55. And then the Seahawks and Vikings are just going to score on each other because neither team has a defense. So you just got to look at some of these isolated spots where, you know, you get to 430 on a Sunday and Joe Schmo has already lost $100 on the fucking one o'clock games and he's looking to chase his bets. And he says, oh, give me the fucking over in the Bucks game. Tom Brady's going to throw five touchdowns. Matt Stafford's going to throw five touchdowns. I don't know. Just both, I'm just saying both these defenses are pretty good also. Does both teams have weapons and great offenses? Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised in a big, important game between two playoff contenders like this if we see that under hit. I like the Rams' D to get pressure on Brady. If we see historically throughout Brady's career, the teams, the defenses specifically that give him trouble, it's the teams that can create internal pressure within the pocket, um, specifically, you know, pushing that center back into Brady's uh, launching spot in the pocket. Uh, the Rams have Aaron Donald, guys. Um, so, like, is there a better guy in the history of the NFL at creating internal passing pressure than Aaron Donald? Uh, I love it. Give me the Rams to shock the world. Moving on. Seahawks at Vikings, I just mentioned um, one and a half points again,, uh, the Vikings are owned two. Seahawks lost in overtime last week. You know, I would be looking to back the Vikes here initially. That's kind of what I wanted is to take the Vikes as a home dog here. Um, but I can't do it. I just think the Seattle team is better. Um, if they hadn't lost last week, they'd probably be a much bigger favorite. I think we're getting a bit of a discount. Minnesota's coming off of cover at Arizona. Uh, But the Vikings' defense is not good. I said in the offseason I thought they'd be better than last year. They're not. They're just as bad still, it seems like. Um, Russell Wilson uh, coming off a loss in his career is 25-2. and Excuse me. Russell Wilson is 25-12 and against the spread coming off a loss. So it's just kind of automatic. You take Russ and the Seahawks to bounce back. I like Seattle in this one, and I like it to be high-scoring. Um, two more games, primetime games. We got green Bay in San Francisco, uh, Sunday night over unders 50 49ers are a three and a half point favorite. I have to pick the 49ers here just based on my contrarian spidey senses. Um, you know, it's, this is a tough one because I, I like green Bay and I think green Bay is better than San Fran. They should be, but this first off lay in three and a half. It's a whole three and a half, two and a half thing. I've explained it a couple times, but in a primetime game where I get again, Joe Schmo's losing money throughout Sunday, and he says, "Oh, I can get the Packers as a fucking four point underdog. I can get the Packers getting over a touch, uh, over a field goal on the spread. Give me Aaron Rodgers. He looked great last week against Detroit. Um, San Fran, you know, not looking so good against Philly, but zigging and zagging, guys, zigging and zagging. The three and a half is setting me off. Um like I said, Spidey Sense is just going crazy here. I think San Fran gets it done at home. I think it's a big game for George Kittle. Green Bay has not been able to cover the tight end at all so far this year. Um, getting shredded by TJ Hawkinson last week and uh, giving up a bunch of touchdowns to the Saints tight ends in week one. Um, Rodgers is 5-3 and three straight up against San Fran all time, but has not had success recently against the Sh- Shanahan 49ers. Uh, so... I like San Fran to also be able to run the ball on this Green Bay team who really for the first half got absolutely carved by Detroit in the running game. If you're giving up yards like that to the Lions, look the fuck out for this 49ers rushing attack. Um, Rookie Trey Sermon looks to be getting the start as the injury carousel continues in the backfield with San Fran. But as long as they have anyone healthy, they're going to be able to move the ball. We've seen Shanahan get work out of guys like Uh, Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, uh, Raheem Mostert, um, Elijah Mitchell, Jamichael Hasty, uh, now Sermon is the next guy up. I could probably name another five running backs that have been relevant. Jeff Wilson Jr., shout out. Uh, so you guys get it. San Fran just facilitates offense, and I think they handle the 40, they're the Packers here. Packers starting one and two, not great. I do have them as a Super Bowl future. I also had them to win the most games in the regular season, but I gave up on that pretty quickly once I saw the schedule that some teams like the Bucks and Chiefs have this year. Whatever, Green Bay will still win their division, we'll be fine, but might be a little frustrating start of the season for Packers fans. Um, last game of the week, Philly at Dallas, and Dallas is minus three and a half right now as well. Um, 51 and a half is the over-under. I don't really have a strong opinion. I don't have my mind made up here. But if I if I'm leaning one way or the other, give me Philly in the points. Like it better at plus four than plus three and a half. Wouldn't be shocked if Philly wins. Uh, not calling my shot. Maybe I'm a biased Eagles fan, but. Dallas as a favorite is one and seven against the spread in their last eight games. Uh, Dallas is one and five against the spread their last six games within the NFC East. And Dallas on Monday Night Football is five and eleven against the spread in their last sixteen Monday Night Football games. It's just an angle of, uh, again, guys. You know Joe Schmo chasing his Sunday losses. Let's bet on Dallas. No, don't bet on Dallas. Just go bet against Joe Schmo. Right. America loves Dallas. If there's one team that you can count on to get uh, money on a national scale week in and week out, just based on the logo, the team name, the history, it's the Cowboys. America's team, you know, that America's team thing, it's bullshit, but it's true to a certain extent that they have such a national presence and backing. Um, There's Cowboys douchebags all over the country. And they get so much national, you know, discussion on sports radio and on ESPN. Uh, fade it, fade it, fade the public, right? So let's see how we do this week. I do have a couple bets locked in. I've got a couple teasers, a couple parlays already in. I've mentioned on this program. Please continue to follow the uh, Instagram page. Uh, that's where I post all my final picks Sunday mornings. We have been making a lot of money here, guys lot of money. Some of these player props really have been coming through. I've hit a bunch of – I've hit two or three big-time money parlays already this season. So please keep paying attention, especially on the Instagram page at SGRpod. Thank you guys for listening. This is SGR47. I will talk to you next week. Good luck this weekend and ramble on.